Tell me what you really like Baby, I can take my time We don't ever have to fight Just take it step by step Welcome to Bachelors on the Bachelor The show where three slightly single, semi-straight men discuss and debate America's favorite show That show being, of course... The Bachelor. Chris, that was a great intro. You nailed that. Thank you. It only took seven tries. Come on, don't lie to the I'm not going to lie. It took three tries. This was our third try. Anyway. Two mulligans. Mulligans are fair. Uh, My name is Chris. I'm joined, as always, by Nick. Hello. And Dave. Thundercock. (laughs) That's a great way to uh, introduce yourself. Uh, So I guess we're going to go to mulligan number four. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, Just no, no, joking. No, no, no. We're going to keep rolling. I, yeah, I really please, can't can use we? up any more tape. Uh, we are going analog these days. So uh, we got a special episode today. We're going to be discussing last week's episode and this week's... A double episode. So we're going to be talking about hometown dates and fantasy suites. So or let's jump right in. Hometowns. Hometown. Who, who's up first? Batters up. Batters up. It was, I believe, Rebecca. Uh, it's Raven. Yes. Kaka. She was fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, Raven. Quick question on Raven: um, Do we think she's been dyeing her hair? No. Yes, I think she has. And I don't I, think it's actually me? right for us to debate. Is that. Is black not a natural hair color? I don't think it is. Have you ever seen anyone with black eyes? Uh, no, <laughs> I guess dip. I guess you're right. No, that is a good point. Your logic is sound, Dave. So I'm sorry, Thundercock. <laughs> uh, so we opened this hometown date. They are in a swamp. And yes. Hoxie, Arkansas. Hoxie, Arkansas. Home of the Clintons. Is that where they're from? Hey there, what's what's that? A volunteer? (laughs) You know, they're they're having some real fun down there. It's just like the uh, the the go to place whenever they want to do like a lifetime movie on Brown versus Board of Education. It's like, (laughs) hey, let's just shoot an Hoxie. Yeah, they don't make enough of those. (laughs) Yeah, too much. Uh, But we'll get into the race stuff a little bit later. Uh, Is that really the quota? So Was this some male? What did what you guys? Have... What did you guys think about? Uh, did you know anything about Hoxie before you saw this? Uh, can't like I said, say I did. <laughs> it's weird. no, I, I didn't either. But um, here's what I liked about the date, or the beginning of the date rather, is they really um, took a page out of one of my favorite scripts from Hollywood. Uh, which was Sweet Home Alabama with Reese Witherspoon and Josh love, Lucas. Love right. that picture. Uh, where she plays, Classic. I believe, Melanie Smooter. Right. Is that and really you? Really know her character's name from that w- film? Well, yeah. That's it, her last name is revealed to be Smooter or Smoot, something like that. Okay. Um, when she goes back to, we'll run a fact check later to Alabama, and they but they spend some time on a water tower. Yes. Um, and I believe. In this episode, she took him to something like it was just like a big spittoon. Yeah, and she said what happens up at the water tower stays at the water tower. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't know if they think they came up with that phrase. but I'm uh, sure they did. I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's that's an original. It I was everyone, co-opted by Vegas later. Yeah. That's, that's a, a Chris Harrison I original. everyone in Hoxie watching who had committed a crime at that water tower was just silently nodding to themselves like it's true it's it was a good place to get away with some really bad shit well speaking of crimes uh to the rescue we had officer doofus (laughs) 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 he comes in it's some great acting by uh our very own nick v who wait what what what's going on uh can can you get down off the tower do you have any id yeah you also, sound like you're not from no, around here. Of course, here. he doesn't have any ID. Then we would know how old he is. He's 36. <laughs> 
Yes, not wearing a body cam, uh, which was concerning. <laughs> but uh, no need to worry because just a couple of white folks <laughs> fucking around on state property. Yeah, and uh, even more so, it was her brother. And, uh, you know, what a great intro to him. And what a great intro to the city. We uh, we got to... I'm sorry, it's not a city. It's, it's a province. Province. Uh, so they they made out in a swamp for a while. That right. was kind of hot, I'm not going to lie. It was very hot. No better time to take your clothes off than when in a swamp. Also... They both uh, looked great. Shout out to the, to the four-wheeling. I thought that that was a very attractive move on Raven's behalf. Fun fact about myself, Nick. When I was in high school, I used to go over to Peter Palaguchi's house midday. He would take me out into the backwoods of his family's property, and he would take me four-wheeling. I would just hold on to him for dear life, thinking to myself... <laughs> Boy, does it get more romantic than this? And I thought to myself when watching the episode, boy, Raven's got it figured out. This is how you make a guy fall in love with you. Yeah. yeah. Is this the same gentleman that used to have uh, those tickle fights in his basement? With no, 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 no. That was uh, that was uh, uh, Tommy Franconi. That's yeah, who that was. Right. Sound Gro- like made up Italian names. Growing but... up in the northern part of New Jersey. Well, just uh, trying to make some friends. Uh, we 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 moved from this uh, sort of drain the swamp situation into uh, Raven's house, a modest home, but a lovely family. <laughs> that seems like an unnecessary critique. <laughs> I don't, to our next segment, <laughs> whose dad is more successful, Chris's or Raven's? <laughs> uh, my dad works for Merrill Lynch. So, <laughs> what up? Uh, just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, so this was a kind of a. Just classic Bachelor moment where we had a very sincere, heartfelt moment, which was Raven's dad telling her that he no longer has cancer. And what a place to do it. And Nick's response, he said, quote, that's awesome. But no, it is. That really is fantastic. Well, yes, it is awesome. But it like, is awesome. How do you? How it would is, you have responded? It is truly one of the the more insidious parts of this franchise. When you imagine the the kind of the production design team as they're just like vomiting pure one all over this this lovely home and Modest. they're saying <laughs> they're saying to this family, hey, could you hold off on the cancer news until we we're gonna kind of do a setup over here where we're on Nick. Uh, when dad's delivering the news because we want to make sure that reaction is captured. Yeah. Um, it just all feels really <laughs> like they're taking advantage of. No, I think of, you use the wor- right word, insidious. <laughs> taking advantage of a family that I thought in my years watching the show was one of the most charming. Yeah, very, very so true. So authentic, which really this is my, the only point I want to make about Raven and then we can move on is that I think that she really is just genuinely there trying to find love. Yeah. And I, that really is the person that you end up rooting for the I most. completely agree, um, and we'll get to this more later because, yeah, because we're covering two episodes. Yeah, but yeah. I do this She doesn't whole, die at the end of the first? Well, no. she might. I don't know. Okay. I blacked out. I I couldn't. I, I th- through this whole two episode arc, I I really was like rooting and liking Raven in a, a genuine. And this is not me being you know cynical or a, a snarky podcast guy. I yeah. just thought she was lovely. Was there a joke that was coming after that? <laughs> no, that's what oh, I'm saying. Okay. Is I'm not going to do a snarky joke, Dave. I'm just going to oh. say this is a great person, and her family uh, was charming. And the thing that I found most alarming is that they were charmed by Nick. Yes, her, her dad Thank was you like. So much. Uh, I didn't, I didn't I was... think I was going to like you, but right. I do. And I was like, no, don't. Who was next? Who came after Raven? It was Rachel. A, it was a hard cut to, to Rachel. Yes, which I think could not have been a coincidence. Going from Hoxie, Alabama, to the 
gang, drug riddled streets <laughs> of South Chicago. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh. Uh, it was Texas. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I thought it was just. Yeah, I no, no, no. That's, no, that's you know what I'm going to applaud the Bachelor for. Uh, really having a nuanced discussion about race in America. Yeah, and who better to lead that discussion than, than Nick Viles and, yeah. and the writers and Nick. Yeah, and Nick. Uh, so, I mean, we just dive right into it because the place that Rachel wants to bring Nick is a black house of worship. Right. And uh, no better place or a group of people to talk about that than I think this group right here. Yeah, I thought that this was a major misstep on the behalf of modern ABC because I couldn't help but feel as though they were really stressing like could you foresee yourself in some sort of predominantly black congregation or a church in other words and for me it was kind of like if you're dating someone in 2017 the question is could I ever be with someone of some sort of faith any kind of religion period that's a very interesting like if you're taking me to a church the last thing I'm asking is like what color are the people it's like let's start with the fact that you're crazy and then move on to the fact that you're like a certain color of crazy right yeah really interesting take with you 100 percent uh although the congregation seemed lovely Oh, a beautiful um, church. Definitely seems like they... A uh, place to network. I think Nick was scanning the room nervously, seeing if there were any clients there for his uh, software sales business. Of course, yeah. of course. We'll, we'll get, get to the into. software stuff later. Uh, but uh, Will we? No, we really yeah, will. No, I have a talking up, point. It comes it up with come Corinne. Up later. Oh, did you guys rehearse this? Before? No. Yeah, we oh, did. Before you get here every week, we run, run the show... And then just insert you in full of bourbon. <laughs> Who plays me? <laughs> so uh, he, Nick Nick goes to the uh, Josh Lucas the what uh, the house of worship the ceremony what's uh, uh, mass temple no it's mass if it's Catholic oh gotcha so then what do we call this oh lordy no Ooh. is that is well, that we'll what cut they call that out in post. going down to the lordy lord so uh it is was, that what they call it yes <laughs> i gotta have good. breakfast and i gotta go down wow, to you really the just church don't know lord. how to quit uh so <laughs> <laughs> did we just lose our black demographic uh um, well i can't listen to this <laughs> who was that <laughs> that was raven's dad yeah, sorry. I'm not really good at impressions. Well, anyway, it Nick seems goes like the time that you spent in the South last week really changed things. For you. And, and really not for the better. Uh, so we go to have dinner, and again, lots of fun is had by the fact that uh, maybe Nick doesn't recognize some of this Southern uh, food. Or, or again, just like the, the weight of the situation that he's found himself in as, uh, well, you know, let's call it what it is. He's a character on a very popular TV show, yes, right. and uh, he has been tasked, kind of unknowingly, with with handling some pretty heavy issues that are um, on the uh, on the collective tongue of the nation. Right, and you and, know, to <laughs> piggyback something you mentioned earlier, uh, again, this episode was filmed very close to the election, yeah, and likely think, after, immediately after Trump was was elected. Yeah, so this kind of stuff was on the hearts and minds of the producers and the people behind the show, and I think they encouraged the family members to confront it head-on. And, and that's when Nick had the opportunity to say that um, he didn't see race without realizing the reason was because it has never affected him. Yeah, right. he really yes. nailed it. 
But I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to bat in a very very small way for Nick Vile, which I never do. Sure. But he Take did say, uh, you know, there's that thing that uh, white people like to say. Uh, white people of a certain age, oftentimes, uh, white people who watch a certain news network often, they say, I'm sorry, but I'm just colorblind. I don't see that stuff. Oh. And I will give Nick the smallest bit of credit for saying, I'm not colorblind, uh, and I'm aware of the situation. Yeah, listen, it's to be fair, it is a lose-lose situation. Yeah. <laughs> there is not a, not a single... Well, yeah, if you enslave a certain group of people for hundreds of years you're damned to look bad on a national dating show there's nothing you can do about it there's no backstepping that situation provided you enslaved and lynched provide <laughs> deprived people of equality for hundreds of years so you're you're saying that nick nick Vial is not the peace offering that the the, the black community is looking for they're probably not down at their mass oh lord lord saying you know what let's forgive them because uh, we, we saw Nick Vile on The Bachelor, <laughs> and, and he I'm said ready he to sees forgive. race. This clears yeah. everything up. I did yeah. like uh, Rachel's sister's husband. Her, yeah, the brother-in-law. Yeah. He was he, phenomenal. He's like coming off uh, a stint as a, a guest on the Kroll Show. <laughs> <laughs> he had a really kind of unique sense of humor. Yeah, um, he he just dove in and he goes, "I couldn't help but notice you're white." Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. I, I couldn't nice, help but smooth. notice that that guy was terrible. Uh, he just kind of he he dove right into it, and it was just like very forced. But again, I I kind of appreciate the producers for trying to force it. Yes. Well, listen, this is a quick teaser of what we're going to get a whole slew of in the Bachelorette, a season to come. It's going to be a blast. It's also a quick plug for this very podcast. Stay tuned. We're going to be covering it all, and that brings us into the next hometown. Oh, you don't want to say anything else about? Like, I mean, I just I like that the sister brought it up, the mom brought it up, and I was shocked that <laughs> the dad the, just decided not to be there. Oh, he did decide that. Oh, but I, I gotta, did like. I thought that was a very cool move. But I just yeah. want to add this. I did a little bit of research. Uh, Chris Harrison keeps a blog. Yeah. I don't know if you knew this. Oh, you did know that. Yeah, we all host a, a yeah. podcast on the show. Of he course. also writes books of and hosts Who this. Wants to Be okay, a Millionaire. So, yeah, he did mention on the blog that they met off camera. He's a federal judge. I don't think he should. I think, yeah. you know, that's the kind of judge or Thomas. like legal leader that should, uh, you know, be proud of themselves versus somebody who would perjure themselves at their own uh, yeah. confirmation hearing. Yeah, Rachel's dad didn't, didn't want to be a part of the circus that is The Bachelor, but is happy to participate in the circus that is our federal government. Wow. And well, I think that that's the place that you leave off on and go into who's... Oh, Corinne. Yeah, so next we have Corinne. The star that is Corinne. So they, uh, he goes to Corinne. He goes to Miami. This whole thing reminded me of the maybe little scene... Uh, documentary The Queen of Versailles. <laughs> Are you familiar with that film? I know probably Dave is. Uh, yes, yeah, certainly. And uh, I don't know this is a tangent worth going down, but it's about a uh, real estate developer and family that lives in Miami that were kind of the height of just uh, excess and uh, wanting that led to the housing crash. And yeah. uh, basically, this, just white people in Florida. Yes. Yeah. This, <laughs> yeah. this was my whole take on it. Like, if there's one thing worse than anyone in Florida, it's any person from New Jersey who's now down in Florida. Certainly. And that really is to me what yeah. Corinne's family is. It would love to know what their company does. 
I assume that like, uh, timeshares. I, I think it's probably timeshares. Well, Nick, we're looking for a real answer here, but I'm going to give it to you. He does. Uh, he redoes flooring in garages. That is oh, that's so like anticlimactic. Very stereotypical, like mob title is what that is. Oh, is yeah. it really? I don't, oh, one hundred percent. It's like that or sanitation. You well, either work in construction or sanitation. Wow. Yeah, that's what he. He's just like a real uh, good guy. Yeah, just like the type of guy you want to trust. So the big thing was uh, we got to meet Raquel. Yes. Raquel. yes. The reveal to Raquel. Right. Another tactless, unnecessary yeah. moment. Uh, that like really shouldn't have been a moment had it not been for the way the show constructed it. And I really appreciated the intercutting of uh, Corinne's mother talking about how Raquel is part of the family. She's raised right. the kids. She's beautiful. She's she's so important to their lives. All this is cut with the Raquel pouring wine, serving the food, not sitting at the table. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we somehow avoided a discussion there on class and privilege, race and privilege. Well, again, can't think of a better group I think there to was discuss this, that topic. Yeah. I think there was just too much in this episode. We were a little tired of right. having to think about that kind of stuff. But yeah, they did have know, a good one-on-one conversation. The the truth is, sorry, Tuesday. one more thing about the Raquel thing, and this is a shameless plug. I There was so much good material rattling around in my brain during the whole Raquel segment that I thought to myself, boy, I can't wait to articulate this. If only there wasn't something that did it better justice, and there is, and that is... Uh, Jordan Peele's Get Out. So if you really want to understand the plight of Raquel living in a uh, upper-class white community, please right. go see this movie. It articulates it better than we Have ever could. Have you seen could. it? Oh, yeah. When did you see it? Uh, on my trip, on a rest day. I don't I don't believe in seeing movies on vacation. <laughs> it's it just seems, one of the best it things seems you like can do. a waste of time. No. Uh, a waste of time and money. Well, you grow a, tired of the guys you're on a trip with. You go see a movie. I don't really go I on trips with guys. I never grow tired with, with Hey, fellas, on come on. With. We're going on a trip. That's what I always say. Peter Palagucci. I've been trying to get him to go out with me for years. He's a four-wheeling guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's got, he's got a wife and kid now, right? Yeah, out in Burbank. He moved uh, out west a few years ago. Air quotes over wife. Yeah. So kind uh, of a, kind of an imperfect vessel, yes. as, as Steve Bannon once described Donald Trump. I have not heard that quote, uh, but I want to bring up something that we touched on earlier, and we're coming back to it. Uh, at one point, Corinne's father said, "What does Nick even do?" And Corinne said, "He sells software." Formally, formally, Sold but software. so my question is, how did Corinne even know that? Well, Where, does does Nick talk about it openly, or is she just she did her research? Yeah, she listen. She's a young hip girl. She's got an iPad. I'm sure. I'm sure she's been on the internet. Yeah. Um, and she uh, she knows it the same way that, that we all know it. Uh, it's Which on is his, to say that we don't. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, we just know that he says it on his Bachelor bio. Yeah, it's yeah. like one of those things we he, just have accepted. He, he sells software. Right. He also did a... Um, Do you think a, he sells Leisure Suit Larry games? <laughs> yeah. Is that the software he sells? Like, very bad pc video games about like horny guys doing stuff yeah i think it's just like something like really uh really dated like quicken loans yeah he's, he's a big quickbooks guy but let's let's move on I, I think the the big moment that we were uh waiting for with this hometown was the the standoff showdown between nick's father 
were Corinne's father Gene? rather and Nick. I, yeah. I found that standoff to be nothing more than a tutorial on how to hold a glass while drinking scotch. Yeah, the real standoff has yet to come between father and suitor. This yeah. seems was seemingly child. Yeah, it, it was all it was actually nothing. anticlimactic. It was really just Corinne's father saying, "Hey, could you one day have money? And if you don't, are you okay with my daughter having money?" And Nick was like, <laughs> "I kind of hope that I have money one day." And then, bam, we're into Vanessa's date because Corinne. You're nothing. You never were and you never will be. Ooh, spoiler alert. Uh, so, yes, Vanessa's well, I mean, date. Assumingly, our audience has seen the show. I don't know how much of a spoiler it is. No, I think people... A I lot don't of, think they're listening no, first. A lot of our audience no, listens first, yeah, actually. The metrics on the site would indicate otherwise. It'd be cool been, if they watched with the volume off. That would be and enough. And listened to just, our podcast. Just a, a piece of advice. Dark Side um, of the Bachelor. So, listen, I want to uh, introduce a new segment of the podcast. It's called Exploitation or Nah. Cool. I'm in. Okay. So, uh, we opened the Vanessa hometown date with a uh, introduction of Vanessa's students to Nick. Exploitation or Nah? <laughs> uh, exploitation. Uh, Nick? Uh, no exploitation. No, it's actually Nah. Nah? <laughs> yeah. Nah, exploitation. <laughs> okay, so you didn't find uh, her having her special needs students write books and uh, like you know do arts and crafts and hang out with Nick as an exploitation. Absolutely not. I thought that this was a, a bold move on the behalf of the puppet master that is Chris Harrison because it brought awareness to the plight of these young children. Until this episode, I had no idea that they even existed. I saw them, was introduced to them, thought to myself, by golly, this is a thing that exists. Immediately got on the internets, donated as much as I could to the UNICEFs, and I feel as though uh, grateful to what the did you think? What did you think about Nick's interaction with these special needs students? On par? Like he really understood understood where they were coming from <laughs> i like the fact that uh, at one point vanessa said you know they can really just kind of read a person read their energy and uh and from from the footage they showed it seemed like they did read him as a real piece of shit you know there's that one guy that was very skeptical and just giving him the evil eye yeah listen i mean it, it, nick uh doesn't necessarily handle um meeting new people very well because I, I think he just assumes that most uh, know him for uh, his selling his software reality show. <laughs> yes his reality show celebrity hey, that's star when, software sales <laughs> folks from Quebec or whatever uh, aren't, aren't necessarily uh, immediately drawn to him he doesn't really know what to do because he has very little to say um, Vanessa though wow I Vanessa every, is with each passing week I'm falling deeper and deeper in love with this young woman. Now, this is fascinating because I cannot wait for her departure. I literally uh, can't I, 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 Well, you're, you're a Raven guy. And this, that's oh, that's, what makes, now that's this good point. This dichotomy is what makes this podcast interesting. And you know what? Just so our fans know, because they they only hear, they don't see. The truth is, Dave is significantly taller than me, which is why it would make sense. He's yeah, more of a would. Vanessa guy, yeah. and I'm more of a Raven Yeah, and I just like hot boy. chicks. Yeah. Oh, true. we don't call them chicks, though. Not on this um, podcast. But no, and v Vanessa's uh, <laughs> Vanessa's um, job was really touching. It reminded me of a lot of the things that I have to put up with at my oh, job. Boy. Right. Yeah. See, this is Where, the kind of yeah. insensitivity that. No, I was thinking just the other day. I I was refilling my. Um, I buy this nice bottled water every week. Fiji. Uh, Essentia. and uh, uh, to save a little money, I, I refill it uh, at the at the tap. But I, w I want people to think it's a new bottle every time. And I saw a coworker 
you know, catching me do this. And I was like, oh, my God, like what, you know, do I have to kill this person now? Do I need to, to leave? <laughs> Should I buy a, a new car? Um, and it just, again, reminded me of the kind of day to day struggles. Yeah. It just, yeah. It's a, you know, it's mentally right. exhausting. Right. So Sure. Uh, yeah, that is uh, a great analogy <laughs> and really says a lot about who you are yeah. as a person. Yeah, someone who's really, really sure of themselves. So what do we think about this, uh, uh, I believe the phrase is Quebecois family? Yeah. yeah. That's people Quebecois. from Quebec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're oh, called Quebecois. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was some like fancy name for freak show. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so- you know what? I'm just going to serve this one up and then let you guys spike it down. Honestly, my only opinion about the Quebecois is that it really seems as though it's been lost on them the whole premise of the show, because it seems like their whole problem with Nick is, again, the entire premise of the very show that their daughter has gone on. But if you don't have a family like that on the hometowns, then you don't have a hometown episode. Oh, is that true? Yeah, you need the, you need the group that's like that. I mean, they're, they're, I forget who said it, but it was like they asked if they knew where they would move. And they're like, well, we haven't really talked Amazing about it. Amazing question. Yeah. yeah, great question. And they're like, and the mom, I think, said, so all you've talked about is each other's feelings. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think that's integral to the hometown conflict. Right. Yeah, but this is not a real dating experience. This is ABC's, better yet, this is Chris Harrison's dating <laughs> yeah. experience. Where we're really only talking about the best parts of love, the feelings that we're having. Yeah. We're not getting into the logistics of it. Look, let's face it, guys. I support that. We're, we're at an age where, let, let's let's be honest with ourselves. 26. We talk logistics with the women that we're trying to settle down with. Honestly, we're never going to be with them. Because yeah. the truth is, the math doesn't add up. It's just not going to work. Yeah, the so best let's just talk, talk about, about how fuzzy we feel. And that's what Chris Harrison is puppeteering here. And the funny thing about what you just said is, is you kind of said it, you know, because I know you personally. Yeah, because I know you as well. Right. And We're so friends. You, and so you, sort you guys of said ever that. done stuff? <laughs> just fuck. We, oh, we went four-wheeling. <laughs> just fucked a few times. Uh, but, he, you know, you're kind of saying that in jest because I know you as a person, and, and you do talk about logistics. I, on their hand, I do just like talking about the fuzzy stuff. And that's okay. I think both are appropriate. That's a fair. Let's. Uh, I was yeah, disappointed to that. learn that Vanessa had a family. As, oh, really? You, as you someone who be was like trying to fall in love with her, yeah, that was a deal breaker for me. Right. Because it's like, oh, like there's the, there are these other people in your life. Yeah. So for you, a family or uh, familial responsibilities is a deal a deal breaker. Deal breaker. Yeah. Really the the woman that I'm gonna end up with uh, will be some kind of an orphan. Yeah. So that reminds me of a, a new app I'm thinking about launching. It's called Bumfuck. Or you get the meat well, and well, have sex with bums. No, well, that's a that's a. Uh, uh, let's talk about that offline. But it's just going to be about like you know, uh, it's called Oliver, and it's about finding an orphan <laughs> that you could date who you don't have to worry about their family. Uh, but he had a pimp in the in the book, isn't that Fagin? Yeah, that's yeah, that's what yeah. Fagin was. Well, well I've always know, kind of imagined you as a Fagin character, Dave. Uh, so what else do we talk about here? They Nick basically gets grilled. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Nick doesn't like getting grilled. No. What about her little brother who was like clearly in love with her? Like, has there ever been a more blatant just like I was just waiting for him to be like, "Hey, don't leave. Like, I'll, 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 I'll take, take care, care of you." Not only did I 
fucking hate that kid because I hated him, but I like doubly hated him because I felt like he kind of looked like me. So to our <laughs> listeners that can't see us but can hear us, just so you know, that's what I look like. Like I look like no. that guy. I wear like tight necklaces and I have long hair. How about he when looked like the, Seth Green and and Buffy the Vampire? Sure, he really did. Now that's a good description. Not to date myself, I, I saw it on uh, the Hulu app. So oh, I, didn't, cool. I didn't watch it live. This is the guy WB. that's cut the cord cable wise. Yeah. Uh, so she, they, they have a now, Nick. I believe your parents aren't together. Uh, so this, you could relate to this. And Nick's Italian too. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I'm relating on a bunch of levels. My yeah. My parents are not together. Live in the same house. <laughs> You're an Ital. Yeah. They but they don't. Okay. So Nick, uh, we should just move on to Nick asks uh, for. The hand in marriage hand of in marriage. all the girls with all of the fathers. That's got to be fun. I've never asked somebody for someone's hand in marriage. Yeah, I can't wait for that moment. Yeah, I never will because you know what? Fuck whoever girl I ask's father. <laughs> Fuck him right in the fucking ass. I hate that guy already, the piece of shit. Yeah, well, if you're dating a bum. <laughs> a lot to unpack there. Uh, but what do you make of the father's response to he basically said, are you dating three other women? He's like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, then, no. Uh, kind of a stupid question. You're asking it in front of a camera crew, you fucking moron. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, this I, is... everyone, America's heart went towards integrity here, and I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be the guy who goes, oh, good on him for breaking the mold. Absolutely not. You invited the camera crew into your fucking house, and then you challenged them on wow. national I, television. I, I want to I ask F a question uh, as a friend hey, and a co-host. Can we cut Nick <laughs> yeah. What is it about? this particular hometown date that has you so fired up. I just don't understand why they all acted like they weren't on the show The Bachelor. They invited everyone into their house and then they were like, whoa, listen, fella, who are all these other women? What are these cameras? Who's this guy, Chris Harrison, over here? Do you think Chris Harrison comes into the house before the hometown dates? And he's like, hey, listen, motherfuckers, here's how it's going to happen. Yes, he's handing out outfits. You shut the fuck up. Yes. And you shut the fuck 100%. up. 100%. You, young man, you're the brother. You step up. You speak a lot. Yeah, he that's just, how he, he does it. He finds like a bathroom in the house and just pees all over the seat, <laughs> but he doesn't tell you which one. <laughs> I mean, that is a cruel, cruel trick. So how did this episode end? Uh, Nick is feeling I, vulnerable. I thought Raven died. No, 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 no. I uh, thought it. Vanessa, Vanessa is feeling very vulnerable. Uh, she just wants For no to, reason at all. Yeah, because she's she a front is, Well, here, here is, and we'll, we can wrap this up in a second, Chris. Here is the one, the I guess the second knock against Vanessa, one being she has a family. Number two being that she's kind of holding on to this relationship she had. Uh, I think the timeline she uses is three years ago. You never had a tough breakup, Dave? Come no, on. never. And especially the one I had when I was 26. Uh, certainly has not affected my relationship now as someone you, who's 29. Who was that? <laughs> What's yeah. so funny? <laughs> uh, the ages that you used there. It just seems, again, it just seems a little bit silly on her part that, that like, I mean, what really matters when you're 26? Can you think of a single significant thing that happened to you when you were 26? I, I can Nick, not. Nick, I know your dad died. So uh, no, I'm just, re- I'm, oh, I can't imagine a single, I, I don't remember a single thing that happened at the age of 26, except that I was probably sad and alone. Well, you and I dated for a while. <laughs> uh, that was at the, that, the, oh, we had that apartment in Echo Park. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about getting married. But as like a joke, but then like, oh, but like for real, would it be yeah, that Yeah, my weird? parents came out to meet you, and then you like freaked out about it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we we get this cliffhanger of who's coming to the door. Uh, Nick's in his hotel room. Well, wait, wait. You, you, you gloss over the whole fact of 
they suddenly aren't New York. <laughs> well, um, it's a television show. Why do we need to? <laughs> that just I, happens. Did anyone just know? Was it just kind of like, hey, all of a sudden we're jumping from Quebec? Well, let me ask to, you this, Dave. What's the perfect place to fall in love? Well, I will say this. <laughs> I, I was so foolish the as to fall for this while watching the show because I said aloud, what the fuck are they doing in New York? And then on cue, Nick said, I've always loved New York. It's the perfect place to fall in love. Yeah. You know what else is the perfect place to fall in love? Brooklyn? No, Finland. But oh. we'll get to that. Oh, right. So we're wondering, who's Brooklyn. coming to the door? Uh, cliffhanger, cliffhanger. It's Andy Dorfman. So this brings us into part two of uh, this episode. And scene. So who is at the door, but it is our fan favorite, uh, maybe not. I'm not actually sure if fans like her. But I it's don't a- like her at all. Yeah, it's Andy Dorfman. I She's do like worst. her. I thought she was great. I, I thought she was terrible. First time I've seen her, which I know is a strange admission for someone who hosts a podcast about The Bachelor. It was the first time I've seen her. She's gorgeous. You've never seen her? I've never seen her, no. Oh, she's beautiful. She's smart. She's I, mean, I don't she's think she's attractive, and I think that she's mean. I thought oh. that she showed up with the agenda of being on television, and she wasn't very nice to Nick. Are you I- eating a popsicle? Yeah, that's what I do when I do podcasts. I okay, well, let me just popsicles. say this. If you guys met Andy Dorfman on the Juan Pablo season where I met her, you would have looked at her and said, this is a perfect woman. She's a she's a dime, as yeah. we say. Well, some people use that phrase. Not a lot anymore. We don't use well, that down, too much. Well, down in the Fi Die where I work, we, we use that kind of lingo all the time. Did, I, did my microphone peak when I just banged it on my bourbon glass? Yeah, it did. Oh, uh, uh, we're drinking. <laughs> sorry, audience. Uh, so what did you make of this conversation? I mean, the truth is we've all watched the show enough. We know that she's in there. It's going to be, uh, a little bit of acting by Nick to say, yeah. Oh, I had no idea you were going to be here. Can I just come in here with a real hot take? I thought she was, I like when someone, I, you, if you're going to go on the episode, you need to treat it as though it is the episode of the person who is the bachelor or bachelorette. And she came on there with this kind of swag that says, hey, I've been in your shoes. Let's relate one-on-one. But the truth is, this is his moment. This is a moment about Nick Vile. He is the star. He is the boss. Treat him as such. And she did not do so. Well, and I was a little bit offended. Yeah, because let me bring this up, Nick. Uh, I don't know. You didn't watch it then, but you don't recall the moment when... Because uh, I was too young. That's yeah. why. Well, you were You always 16. reference it like I wasn't doing my research. It's really just because my parents didn't have cable television yet. Totally. But uh, the controversy that Network, Nick Vile I mean. caused when... Uh, she kicked him off the show, and it was an after-the-rose ceremony or something. And Nick, point-blank to her and to the American public, said, why did you make love to me if you weren't in love with me? It was a very... He slut-shamed her. And she got the brunt of it. She got death threats. She got all sorts of shit for it. got a book it. deal. Well, and, uh, you know, Nick was kind of a piece of shit for doing that. So she has a lot of... Uh, I don't think uh, collateral to come on there and and kind of give him a little bit of a. Here's what this moment was. And I think this is what you're kind of tiptoeing around. If we're to view the Bachelor franchise like it is, which is to say kind of a competing entity to the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, (laughs) Nick, we're kind of at like Infinity Wars part two here where Nick, who has been in several of these films right. in kind of Robert Downey Jr. way, is not needing to complete his arc so he can kind of like move on. Yeah. Uh, and to do that, he had to face off with his nemesis, this like Loki-type character, which is Dorfman, 
who also has been around for years and years and years. So they kind of needed to have that moment, and that's all that was about. It was uh, like, hey, yeah. like, you need to have these two stars like finish this. I, I've said this, this before up. about this podcast, but that is the most impressive hot take that this show has ever done. It's like we can almost just stop recording right there. But we're not going to uh, <laughs> because we got a lot to unpack. Uh, uh, so, yeah, this is cro- cross-cut. This, this whole conversation is cross-cut with Chris Harrison. Bring it all the way as Chris Harrison likes to do when it gets down to the wire. He likes to get some face FaceTime because, you know, we don't know which one of these will become his concubines later on. Uh, the ones that don't get picked. <laughs> he also loves him some Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, that's where he feels most alive. He's like, sexually. oh, you guys are going to Booktown? Count me in for a big piece of pie. <laughs> that's talking? a good Chris Harris. That's just how they talk. To be a millionaire. <laughs> but okay, so did you guys think that Nick and uh, Andy had better chemistry than him and all the other women? Yep. Nope. Oh, okay. Sorry, was that supposed to be unanimous? Agreement? No, was that it's supposed actually to be better a than yes No, because I thought you that know, because they didn't let me graduate from U- UCB. I Nobody knows USB. what that is. We, uh, you know, we catered to a lot of flyover states, but right. I, I thought they did. You really didn't think they did? No, I really do think that she. What about the worst. those leather pants? She was wearing leather pants. They both were. <laughs> Uh, well, listen. Can we get to the rose ceremony? Because this was yeah. Let's just get honestly, to the rose ceremony. The shocked I've been all season. Okay, so first of all, Nick shows up to the rose ceremony. The man in black, all black, mm-hmm. um, and he apologizes for making them wait, which I think right. is unacceptable. Hey, it's sorry, very I'm cold. Just <laughs> having this scripted convo with my ex. <laughs> uh, sorry, you had to wait out in the cold. Everybody looks very windburn. You guys look like Tom Coughlin after a playoff game. <laughs> And, good uh, on him though for that job with the Jags. Yeah. Oh wait, for real? Yeah. A lot of our listeners are like really into <laughs> Tom Coughlin's <laughs> Tom Coughlin and the off season and the combine coming yeah. up next week. No, I got a pool Indy. going on the combine. Um, so can you explain how the pool works? I can't. Uh, so uh, just just one other thing to, and I don't mean to go back to the Andy conversation. No, hey, shoot. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going, going to take off uh, because she brought up sex and uh, she yeah. said, are you going to sleep with these women? And then she, and then Nick said, like, oh, I don't know. And then she said, well, I think you should do whatever you want. And this is my feminist rant, <laughs> yeah. which was I, Chris, thanks for going back to this. Um, and I wish I had something more profound to say about it, but I'll just kind of take the low road and say, uh, fuck you, Annie Dorfman. <laughs> For going on national television and trying to plant yourself within this much greater, much more powerful national feminist movement just because you wrote a book where you bitched about being on a reality show. Well, uh, kudos. Well said. Well, that was well articulated. It, 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 it really was. Uh, so uh, there's one other thing to talk about. Uh, Nick said, she said, well, it's really hard to break up with people. And she's like, well, you're breaking up with 29 women. And he goes, maybe 30. Is that a tease to what might happen at the end of the season? That he will not, in fact, yeah, that, choose a that's woman? that's what that was. Oh, it was? Yeah, it was a tease. Uh, are you familiar with the Chekhov's gun? <laughs> uh, Nick, could you explain it to our listeners? Uh, Chekhov's gun is anytime you reference something that probably won't happen. 
No, I'm just no. It will. It's if you say. It's if you point to like, hey, what's that over there? Chances are that over there is going to come back again later. If you introduce a gun later. in the first act, it's going yeah. to go off in the third. Wow, that was much better articulated than me. And so uh, I have to say that that was a tease for me, and I think that's very, very possible. Which because also to go into the row ceremony, let's just get to it. Corinne is kicked off. Uh, leaving Rachel, who we know is the next Bachelorette. Right. So why do they? Why was it leaked that she would be the Bachelorette? If for no other reason to tease the suspicion of what might happen at the end. Hmm. Interesting. Chekhov's gun. Very good. Uh, let's talk about Corinne. Uh, she gets kicked off. She Gotta cries. Go. She apologizes instantly. Yeah. I'm sorry if I did anything wrong. I'll tell you what, man. I I, I think know a Nick lot of women like Corinne. Ecstatic. How smoothly that went. I mean, of all the of all the scenarios that you could have imagined, uh, where you're kicking Corinne off, never would I have thought that it would have just been, "Hey, I'm sorry, I'll walk myself to the car yeah. and kind of compliment you as I leave." Yeah, just to make a uh, you know, and I don't think people do this enough, but a wedding crashers reference, a stage five mm. clinger potentially. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do some Borat stuff later. But uh, yeah, the painting was a gift. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So she's in the limo. I had two questions. One, I would love what it's like to be that cameraman in the limo. It's probably like three feet away from this person as they're sobbing. Oh, I and, thought you were going to a way darker place. Well, maybe it happens after she asleep. falls asleep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I hope no one's filming. What this. do you what do you make oh, of I am. what do you make of the the take of her breakup, which is basically like I am done worshiping a man unless yeah. he's going to take care of me. Is that the modern woman? Is that what America is all about these days? Is a bunch of women who think they have to worship their man as, as a way to just get approval? I actually yes, yeah, I appreciated her edit there more than than Andy Dorfman's take on feminism feminism relationships. Yes, if that if Corinne's takeaway from this experience was that she should find a man that, that worships her and makes her happy. Like, good on her. What a journey. Was all she said that. Now, that's interesting. My takeaway was that it spoke to how conservative she is because she sat yes, in that limo and she was like, I'm done worshiping men. And I'm like, I watched it and I very internally, I, I thought to myself like, yeah, well, obviously, because it doesn't work. You're going yeah. home. Yeah, maybe The women so. that stick around are women that appreciate themselves. Yeah, exactly. and and she went home the same way that she came in, which was to say asleep. Yes, very well. That's uh, I really appreciated yeah. that symmetry. The opening image, the final image, she's sleeping it, with a glass of champagne. Uh, what do you think is next for Corinne? Mm, I was going to have to say drugs. <laughs> probably, <laughs> Probably moving out to L.A. I mean, I'm sure she's out here now. Um, I could. What if I told you I could put you in touch with Corinne? I don't think Wait. I could handle a woman like her. I don't think her and I are compatible. Why is that? Uh, I think we both have a lot of issues with our fathers. <laughs> yeah, I, that's probably true. Uh, Nick, what if I told you I could put you in touch with Corinne? I'd say please, please. I'd I'd love to. Maybe go four wheeling. I well, no, she doesn't go free. She goes shopping. That's her move. Yeah, she Let likes me take to shop. shopping. Yeah, Women I, love I, I shopping. Just, I just need a new outfit. Sure. Show up for the clothes. I'm trying to get Peter Patagucci going. Let's see. Show up with a new outfit. Peter P. Yeah. Peter P. So uh, let's get to the really, really juicy, fun stuff. Yes. Uh, the rest JFK of the episode. Airport, yeah. That bombshell behind the counter at the Air Finland. Well, I actually terminal. didn't even make a note of it. What could you tell me about her? She uh, well, Nick 
purchased a ticket from her. Um, and he she, purchased the ticket yeah, yeah, with Nick, his software sales yeah, money. Yeah, Nick. Um, I Nick just got my bonus, my quarterly bonus for hitting all my sales quotas. <laughs> but no, she seemed uh, like one of the more genuine characters in this. In the she seemed like a woman that was willing to sell him a ticket to Finland. <laughs> a woman not on the show. So a woman just doing her job. Finland Air. You're so, welcome, sir. So they went to Finland. Have a um, safe flight. Really appreciate this planet Earth style footage of like the landscape. It the was caribou. fantastic. Really good See, it's stuff. Funny. I have a differing theory, which is that Raven's date was filmed at Mammoth and then oh, like, on okay. the front of a Hallmark card. Love like, they that. Did, they didn't I love actually that go to Finland. Because if you look if you think about it, right. hey, the Roar Borealis, I believe that was composited. That was not real at the end there. Yeah, it I work for a company real. that sells that kind of footage and uh, I can verify that. Yeah, could you could you also I can't actually talk about it. we're gonna have to go yeah, back can, and delete can that. We get that. Can we get them to admit it on here? <laughs> Probably not. Um but no, joking aside, it really did seem fishy the way they, they had just this one date. A lot of the caribou seemed to be stock. They just basically went to a bar that I, I honestly think was Bigfoot over here in Atwater Village. Yeah, and then they I'm went to um, a yurt that seemed like Frontierland uh, at Disney World. Sounds like a, you've done all this with a lover potentially looking for an orgasm. Yeah, I've, I've banged a lot of I've bagged a lot of chicks at Disneyland. What I really enjoyed is that Nick. Uh, the way that he uses euphemisms, he talked about the fact that he got hadn't gotten a verbal affirmation of love from Raven. Yes, that was quite a, uh, a mouthful. It's a big deal for him. Is a verbal affirmation of love? Yeah, yeah, he needs it. Uh, He's got to get one, and she's got to give it. And you know what I liked about her? She had it to give last episode, and she regretted having not done it. She thought that she had had missed an opportunity, and so and th- she sat there at that dinner date. And I just want to say, I thought that the way that she articulated her love for him was so authentic and so yeah. honest. Oh yeah. And I honestly, I felt a little bit I wooed when no, she no, did. I, I thought I to myself, agree. "Wow, and, that and I, is a woman who knows how she feels and is articulating it to the fullest degree." I, I, yeah, it's like what I said earlier in this recording of the podcast. That's like, a good reference when you reference yourself. Yeah, she. <laughs> can we go back and listen to it? She. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll I'll do that in post. But she she really I, I was I completely agree. I was moved by it. Uh, yeah, her articulation it was of love was both practical, logistic, and romantic. Here's a bombshell. For the first time this season, I started to like Raven. During yeah, the that's how good it was. And she was, she was. I both, think a lot of it was the sweater she was wearing. But I yeah, think a lot of it was the sweater that Nick was like, wearing. I hated all the sweaters. Yeah, Nick. Hers couldn't stay on, and hers looked, and his looked like it was killing. Nick him. had like a comically big <laughs> turtleneck. S- turtleneck. It was like it was like what they would put on Saturday Night Live. It's like it's look much. at my turtleneck. <laughs> I I listen. And we can get into that a different time. Turtlenecks. Of Nick's I need you to speak all, more into the microphone. En general. But um, I think it's always a bold move for, for a guy to wear a turtleneck. And I mean that in a, a complimentary way. If you want to take that chance, then um, I used I to wear a turtleneck that. with the chain around the outside of the turtleneck. Yeah, so don't yeah, talk you, to me about bold You grew up in kind of, uh, of uh, an Piece Italian place. suburb. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. Really? Th- this was a, a lot the, of fun because, you know, <laughs> the, uh, the anticipation of the hometown dates is is anticipation for one thing only sex 
And the look in Nick's eyes at the thought of finally being able to have intercourse with these women was palpable. He was very clearly just... He was like a guy, and I don't know if you guys date a lot, but you know, maybe after that third or fourth date, when you're like, "Yeah, it's a sure thing." Is that when? Is that the timetable these days? These days, yes. Interesting. I wouldn't know. I don't know either. I've been seeing someone for almost two and a half years have not yet had sex. Um, Yeah, that's so interesting. Well, either way, he was a hunter, and he was looking for his prey. His prey was a raven. Caca! Yeah, exactly. So she does her big confession of love, and um, the thing she does before that, and then she does it at the same time, is she mention, mentions one thing, that her previous boyfriend, who she says she's only slept with one person, it was him, and he only ever said, I love you, when he was drunk. Yeah, he seemed like right. a good guy. What is that technique, saying I love you when you're drunk, but not any other time? I would just call it common. Like it's a common technique. Like yeah. a lot of guys do it. Yeah. I think it has to do with like the opioid. How many drinks do you have to say? How, how many drinks do you think you had to have until he said I love you? I think you're how many oxys did he have? Or like to have? three bourbons. <laughs> That's I it? we learned a few things about him. You gotta one, they were together for ten years. Two years. Two no, ten years. Oh, I it thought. was ten. Yeah, they were together since like high school. I thought. Mm, no, was it two years? I, I got. I have two in my mind. All right, so it's two years. Let's say two years. But even still, they're together for two years, so people know who he is. Two, he's a drinker. Three, didn't make her come. And four, you gotta imagine once this is aired nationally, has killed himself. <laughs> yeah, like one hundred percent guy that didn't make her come. <laughs> <laughs> That's a gunshot. That's what that was. Do you think that this was some sort of like that uh, she's sort of a Kaiser Sose type character who her only reason going on the show was to <laughs> humiliate that ex-boyfriend? Yeah, that would be fantastic. Suddenly Raven's the smartest woman in America. Yeah. She's like, oh, remember when you didn't say you loved me? Yeah. Now, we're all having a lot of laughs, but I find myself over here feeling like I'm, I'm a little bit out of the loop. Um, do you guys always come when you have an orgasm well that begs the larger question is is the female orgasm a real thing and i think that that's, that's nice that's, that they yeah, had that yeah, debate that's, that's they talked point. about race because in the I first don't know episode it, and now they talked about orgasms right and are they real like is climate change yeah because like we know racism isn't a problem yeah so it's like Taking are we of. even sure that these women who say they aren't coming air quotes really aren't right because yeah. I, I was just under the impression that was Something like the deep state had kind of right. scared up in, right. in efforts yes. to start some kind of a, a cold war, right? And just you know, telling that women that they were able to have, have orgasms. orgasms, and then they're all chasing it when the fact is they could, it can never happen, right? But let me tell you this: uh, while I did think the moment that she told him that she loved him was one of uh, of all, and, I, and this is me being very serious, was one of the most genuine, heartfelt, yes. sincere moments that I've seen on the show ever. Uh, what was, what topped it was the continuation of that dramatic music and her saying, and also, I've never had an orgasm. And then the look on his face, I could, I mean, that is premium television. And then, so here's me being serious. You put yourself in Nick's shoes there. Um, I feel like I am pretty bummed out because then this whole night becomes about 
you having to deliver yeah. on this really promise of giving this mythical, yeah. mythical thing. Yes, this the uh, the clitoris. Really could know? not agree more. There's nothing I want more in my life than to meet a woman who's okay with not coming. Yeah, or just that, or that it just be, does easily. That would be ideal. Yeah, you know, hey, I'm Jane. I'm an easy comer. <laughs> oh well, no, that's a dream. But I'm imagine not sure if that you exists. found her on that Oliver app. And also, I'm an orphan. I mean, that's wife material. <laughs> Bumfuck. Yeah. So uh, I, I just I, I thought that was like for a show again that did not even acknowledge that sex happened in the fantasy suite to have her straight up say, "Hey, I've never come, and I'm kind of hoping tonight I do." Is just you know, welcome to 2017, guys. Yeah. But again, like, cannot stress enough how much that sucks. <laughs> like, I don't know Did if you I'm see paying his face? for that. He meal. was so like kind of drunk, and his face was swollen. Uh. He's just like, ooh. <laughs> oh, he's ooh. like, well, tonight's not the night, babe. Yeah. He like oh, Nikki's had a little too much to drinky. <laughs> yeah, he literally did the cartoonish like grabbing of the collar, like ooh. <laughs> Am I gonna have to do this? Another visual gag. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So uh, so they get the invitation to the fantasy suite. Uh, it's a note written by Chris Harrison. One of the last questions hidden, I want to... Under a dinner plate. Yeah, one of the last questions I want to ask you guys is, what do you think that Chris Harrison does in the fantasy suite before they get to it? Cleans. Well, sets up some cameras. <laughs> I think Chris Harrison was the guy that orchestrated that uh, assassination of uh, Kim Jong-un's little brother. Oh yeah, like the, way that he, <laughs> he the, the way that he's able to be—he is the puppet master anywhere at any time. Sure, love. Yeah, that. I don't know if you watch uh, Game he, of Thrones. No, what but is there's that? a there's an assassin character. Uh, well, don't spoil that, it. Okay, never mind. But uh, for for our Game of Thrones fans, you'll know what I'm talking about. The uh, people watch the faceless that show? men, the faceless men, and Chris Harrison is one of them. Um, so, yeah, a very strange episode <laughs> structure. Very strange episode structure because it's only an hour, and uh, why does it have? Does the fact that it's only an hour have something to do with the, the fact that we know Rachel isn't there at the end, or that she's the next Bachelorette? Well, like, hold on. Well, fill me in here. We're, I feel like we're skipping steps. What happens? We're after not. They, Raven, they, uh, they uh, go and they make out, and then that's he's it. He's like, "Hey, there's a glass ceiling," and she's like, "We're in Mammoth," and that's it. Wait, so the whole episode is just him and Raven? Yeah, Did you not watch it. the episode? No, what I just I watched the two episodes back to back. Yeah, so no, I get it's only little... an hour. And I, again, I was so satisfied by that. But then it's like as soon as she's like, I got the fuzzies, everything's going great. Next thing you hear, Chris Harrison, next week on The Bachelor. Oh, they did this my. like really subtle, like fully belt unbuckling. Yeah. Because <laughs> like a belt doesn't make that much noise when you unbuckle. Uh, and then that was the. That's a female moan. And they, they literally tease next week on The Bachelor, find out if Raven came. <laughs> like, it was it was like that clear that they're just... Yeah. And who whose idea was it to talk about her orgasms? I, better question, whose idea was it on the podcast to, to just kind of bypass orgasm and start saying come? I feel like I said come one he, many he times. He said come first. Because you know what it is? That's it. You know how you can tell? It's always the guy who's made women come the least that starts saying come the most. Right. Yeah. 
Because you know? it's like, oh, he's so comfortable with the phrase. Obviously, he oh, must do it all the time. Women, women come, huh? Coming all the time. That's a guy who's Me never and my made girls, a woman we never say come. I'm always like, hey, did you climax? Did you climax? <laughs> nice. Did you climax? That's Well, the thing good. is, this is a millennial podcast. The millennials like talking about coming. My parents listen to this podcast. Well, not anymore. So uh, my, we, My parents can't find their phones. I thought they had those cricket phones. Cricket Wireless, I got the big numbers. <laughs> I, love, I love the picture that's been painted of Nick's home life. <laughs> I just bumped into the microphone because I was having a good laugh. Uh, so, look, there's nothing else to talk about in this episode. We're teasing a lot of stuff. Next week we have uh, After the Rose, which is always fun. They they tease the hell out of that. Yeah, the way that I hope out. that Nick teased the hell out of Raven to hopefully get that orgasm. <laughs> And uh, I, I just, I guess we'll find out next week, did she or didn't she? And I can't believe that we're in a state where ABC, a network television That's television, what it is. It's yeah. a television yeah. network. Television network. Television yeah. network. Yeah. I can't believe that a, a television network is literally asking us to stay tuned next week to see if this woman came. Well, uh, you <laughs> know what? that's it's, what they did. It's not that crazy because it does beg the question, if the president can grab a puss, can't the bachelor? I feel it coming. I feel it coming later.